is Devin Track with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another episode of the Nerd Herders. In this episode, the nerds are back from an extended hiatus and talk about a variety of subjects from Avengers Endgame to Warhammer 40k, uh, a lot about Adepticon, and so much more. We hope you enjoy the show. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. I know they're all thinking I'm so white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Can't you see I'm white and nerdy? Look at me, I'm white and nerdy. We are. We are. We are. The Nerd Herders. Who's scruffy looking? Hello and welcome to episode 123 of Nerd Herders, your home for all things geeky. My name is Ian Clark and I'm joined tonight by Andrew Howard and Dave Farr and I switched it up because we haven't done it in so long So I ju- and we always have a hard time deciding who's going to say what, so I just introduced you guys, so, uh, so there. That was way easier. Why don't we do that every time? Yeah, that only took us 100. <laughs> only took us 123 episodes to figure that out. Oh, yeah. You will notice... There is no Matt Alex. He is... uh, Or will you notice? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) They may not. He has been absent from everything. He didn't do 40K radio. He is is missing and presumed to be working now. That is the uh, new new work Matt is... uh, Well, he's just not much fun, quite frankly. Uh, He's been a bit of a drag. But what are you going to do? He's working again. Actually, boy, it's been... It's been so long since we've recorded that the number of life-changing events are are pretty significant. We've had we've had what three of you have started new jobs. Uh, two there were two uh, major surgeries. There were there were all kinds of things. It's uh, all kinds of stuff has happened. That's not why we haven't recorded, but those things happened as well. So they're not anyway, we're back. No, they're not bad, but. But how how is everybody? Uh, as you noted, uh, busy with work. Um, unfortunately, that's uh, that's the way life is. But uh, helps pay the bills. Yeah, not my bills. Dave, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Andy, you don't pay any of our bills. I think you should all take that back. <laughs> well. <laughs> I think I've paid at least one of these hotel bills. I was going to say, Dave especially, and I'm sure there's things here and there for me as well. Yeah. All right. right. You're right. You're right. We're going to – yeah. You're right, Andy. That is very Uh, (laughs) – No. You know, work has definitely been busy for me, but that's uh, no other – no real life-changing events unlike our friend, uh, friend Justin. Yeah. I don't oh, know. I can't talk. I forgot. Yeah, I was going to say. They're, uh, yeah. They're, we'll leave it to, to Matt to discuss any of that, but, uh, he's not here. So, uh, yeah. We'll move on. Uh, yeah, we tried to get tried to get everybody together. It's it's increasingly more difficult now. Uh, Andy travels a ton. Um, you know, Dave and I have family stuff all the time, and, uh, Matt's new job seems to be keeping him uh, either at work late or sleepy, so it's been it's been difficult. 
So sorry for the long hiatus between shows, but we're here and we'll talk about some stuff. So that'll be cool. Um, real quick, before we start the regular segments, which none of us probably remember what they are, uh, I wanted to take a quick second to talk about Geek Nation Tours, our sponsor on the Free Booters Network. And Terrace, the head geek, I'm checking my phone right now because he has texted me. And we are discussing which tours on Geek Nation Tours he would like me to talk about. And he would like me to mention the Samurai one, uh, which is – like if I could pick one, like I'm actually organizing and going on several. But I think if I could pick one, if Terrace just said, hey, it's on me, or someone said – like Andy said, hey, I'm going to pay your bills and uh, sent me on a tour, I think I would pick the Samurai one. Um, what, you guys, what do you guys think? That one looks awesome, doesn't it? It's in Japan. That does look pretty cool. That does look cool, but I think I would pick his Frostgrave ones. Ah, that's the other one he wanted me to talk about. <laughs> Good job, Dave. Good job, Dave. So, yeah, so uh, GeekNationTours.com tours all over the place. Japan for the Samurai Tour. Frostgrave Tour is in the UK. You get to hang out with uh, people from Osprey Publishing that make the Frostgrave game. That one's that one's going to be super fun. And then, of course, I want to talk about the one that I'm doing, and that is in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin in November. That is the, our, uh, our Lake Geneva RPG retreat where we are actually going to play First edition AD&D in the house where it was born, in the Gary Gygax house. The tour is official. It's a go. We have uh, we have enough guests now. We have a few spots left. So if you do want to sign up for that one, there are there's just a handful of spots left for it. So uh, we're going to have an amazing time. I booked my flight today. I'm super, super excited. We're going back and forth about uh, what modules we might play and things like that. So that one's going to be amazing. So please head to geeknationtours.com and book a tour with Terrace and let them know the Nerd Herders sent you other than that unless there's any information or news or anything like that the other boys want to uh talk about we'll we'll move on uh i just want to plug uh a new podcast that ian and i started listening to uh, oh yes yes so, so we're doing plugs at the beginning here um so we randomly came across a, a podcast uh, based on recommendations and noticed that it was an old buddy of mine um from middle school and high school um Alex, uh, it's Rogues in the House. It is a sword and sorcery based podcast. Uh, so it's a lot of Conan, um, kind of some of the other Robert E. Howard uh, novels as well. But it, it definitely has a it's a heavy focus on sword and sorcery. It's called Rogues in the House. Um, they they do a really good job with it. Um, they're all located in different locations, so they don't they met playing online. I think they do a great job with the podcast, but it was uh, it was great to hear an old friend's voice on the radio like that. Yeah, it's it's I've I've been listening through. They're only about nine ten episodes in, and uh, I've caught up on most of them. Uh, yeah, I, I it, it's it's nice to it's a good one to listen to, but it's also nice because they're uh, they're not just like you know geeks that happen to be into that stuff. There, uh, two of them have written uh, sword and sorcery fantasy, and have worked on like uh, Conan um, uh, video game stuff and other things like that. So they they definitely um, they have good uh, good geek cred for uh, for talking about it. And uh, they uh, they did an awesome two episode deep dive into the Conan the Barbarian movie, which is of course my favorite movie. Uh, that was really really good. And then I was just listening to the one where they talked about uh, sword and sorcery video games, and they gave Golden Axe a whole bunch of love too. So yeah, I'm I'm really digging that show, and uh, would highly recommend it. Nice. Good suggestion, Andy. Thank you for suggesting. Andy suggested it while we were doing our uh, comic book podcast, the uh, Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. 
So, good recommendation. I really like it. Rogues in the house. Anything else to plug? Not, <laughs> not for me. Dave? Nope. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I saw a movie some people might not have heard of called Avengers Endgame. It's pretty good. Yeah, we can, we can probably talk about that in, in one of the regular segments. Why don't we do that? Let's move on. Currently, humanity looks to the internet for its information. We have stood at the edge of despair and would have fallen. If not for awesome podcasts and their content of everything we love. Now these podcasts are all brought together in one place. Forged in like-mindedness, tempered with a community-oriented forum, covering all things geek, such as wargaming, board gaming, comics, movies, and more. Presenting a lineup of podcasts producing exclusive content for the fans. The Freebooters Network. Trolls want to steal our community. Let them try. All the wings report in. Red leader standing by. Gray leader standing by. Green leader standing by. Luck S files and attack positions. All right, welcome to Roll Call, where we discuss what we have been doing in this case for the last, uh, like, 72 weeks or so. Uh, Dave, you want to talk about Endgame? Well, no spoilers, but... I think uh, everyone's seen it pretty much in the free world has, has seen it. So. Has seen it, yeah. I guess if you're listening to this and haven't, then, I don't know, you got your priorities mixed up. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I just thought it, it, it was... It's crazy to me how long... These movies have been going on. When was the first um, Iron Man? It was like 2008 or even earlier. I can't remember. Yeah, it's yeah, been I'd a have to look. But so yeah, I mean, it's just over 10 years of really amazing movies that, and I thought they just did a real classy job of ending it. I mean, the, the movie itself, the story was good, but then just all the cool little tidbits and, and things that they did and the fact that they, you know, cut the end um, post-credit, which they almost always do uh, in favor of all the, um, you know, all the kind of tributes to all the actors and characters. I just thought it was, I just thought it was really good. Yeah, that was a, that was a, can you guys hear the dog barking in the background? I'm sitting on the porch and they're, they're no. like, all right. Oh, good. So, all right. Then pretend I didn't ask that question. Uh, yeah, I, I think Endgame really did a nice job tying everything up. And it was funny. Dave and I sat next to each other uh, on opening night and we're just kind of looking at each other occasionally because uh, the, the fanboys in the theater where we saw it were losing their freaking minds over some of the, oh, some of the stuff that happened. They were just going nuts. So, um, but it was cool. You know, there were some, obviously some iconic moments uh, that they, that they had in there and just some great, some great action and just a really, I think you're right. I think it was just really, really well done. And now I'm excited to see what they do in, you know, phase two and, uh, or phase three. I don't even know what phase they're on now, but whatever the next step is and you know the disney streaming service is going to have some cool shows it's going to have a loki show it's going to have a um uh falcon and winter soldier show um so there's there's going to be all kinds of cool stuff so andy did you want to chime in on endgame um so we talked a little bit about it in the comments yeah, we did and, and my thing was that they 
and I, and I, I said this to Ian too, they spent 20, 30 minutes explaining time travel and they did it all in a way that made sense that didn't seem to break it like any rules. And I, I know time travel is imaginary uh, for now, um, but then they get to the end and they do something that I'm just like this, that didn't make any sense. Like, why did you do that? Um, and again, it's, it's just one of those things where I think, I think having him, have which just, thing? So cap staying back in time. Right. So, so I don't know. Did, did you watch any of the Peggy Carter TV show? Uh, I think I watched the first episode, but that was- all right. So if that, if that is technically in the same MCU, she gets married and has kids. So, and not, not with Cap. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, not anymore. Yeah. So now, so you did all these other things to make it be like, well, you can't just go back and kill baby Thanos, um, which, listen to Hero Man and Psychic Boy for an awesome comic book about trying to kill baby Thanos. Um, but, so he goes back in time and he does that. And I, I get it. They did that to possibly set up Falcon, but I don't think that was necessary. Like, I think he could have left a note, like, and that would have been sufficient. But to have him, like, get to be with, with Peggy, you know, it just didn't make, it, again, I, I didn't, I didn't see that it made sense. Right. It, it would have altered things, which is right. what they talked about not doing. Right. And I thought they did such a good job of that. Um, you know, without getting like too technical about it. And then they just uh, decide to gloss over it an hour later. Other than that, I loved it. I love the fight scenes. Um, I loved like all of a sudden here are how many like badass women we have in the Marvel MCU. Like there were a lot of really awesome parts to that movie. It's just that one kind of bummed me out. And because it's right at the end, it's what I remember. Yeah. Kind of leaves you with a, Bad taste. Yeah. No, I, I could see that. It, it didn't really bother me, but I, I do understand issues with it. And there are, there are other things. And again, we, Andy and I talked about this a little more in depth on Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. But there are questions that I have, like about the people that were people that just came back, you know, after five years. It, it wasn't like it reset and they went back in time. It's just these people came back. And you know you've got people that remarried in that time or, you know, just oh, there's going to be all these strange things. With right. all these that, that And I just wonder if they're going to address them. And, I, you know, Spider-Man Far From Home is the first one that will be out post-Endgame. And, you know... Are, does Peter just go back to school and he's now with a whole bunch of kids that were five years younger than him before? You know how I, I just wonder if they're going to address that because there's a lot of strangeness that really is left over from this. So, but anyway, you know, very enjoyable movie and they've they've done a nice job with so many other things that I, I assume they'll figure out some way to to make it all work. But it does it does leave a lot of questions. So, well, now you've ruined the movie for me. <laughs> oh, sorry, Dave. Um, so yeah, so Endgame. What else, boy? It's been so long. What uh, what other ones have come out? Captain Marvel was before that. Did you guys see Captain Marvel? Am I the only? Still one? have it. I'm so bummed. No, I didn't. It's really good. I really, I really like that one. Um, and they they did a nice job 
you know, bringing her into the MCU, and it was a nice uh, retro one because it takes place in the 90s. I like what they did there. So, uh, yeah, it'll be cool to see what they do going forward with her. And obviously she played a, a major role in Endgame. Um, I was kind of bummed because I tried to get Lexi to go with me, and she wouldn't. <laughs> oh, really? Like, uh, yeah, superhero movie. I'm like, yeah, but it's like the bad, badass girl. And, da, 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 da. and she's like, mm-hmm. we can go see this other crappy movie. And that's what you did get to see, Dave, another crappy movie? I, I don't know. I can't. That was what it was called. I blocked it all out at this point. Yeah. <laughs> another crappy movie. Yeah. The sequel. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think what other. I, I go to the movies a lot, but I go to the retro movies a lot with Justin and Matt. So, um, what did I go see? I go see movie with movies with Dave's wife sometimes too, but I don't remember what we've seen recently. Did we see a scary movie recently? Seems like oh, we did. We saw Us. I went to uh, yeah, I went to Us with uh, Shannon and Matt and Justin and Emily. Um, well, how was that? I really liked it. Uh, I I liked uh, his first movie, um, uh, Get Out. Yep. Which I which I thought was really good, and this one I thought I I, I think a lot of people didn't like the the plot or the story or whatever, but I the it, the intensity hits about maybe thirty minutes into the movie, and then just does not stop until the end, and I really appreciated that. Like it's like it's just like constant tension. From like when everything kicks off through to the end, and I uh, I thought that was really good and really well done. So I I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Is it like super super like scary, or is it just kind of a little scary? No, I wouldn't say it's super scary. It's got some definite jumps. There was Shannon laughed at me because there was one jump that that got me, which I normally I'm I'm either ready for them or they just don't get me. But there, there was one that got me really good, and she she was laughing at me because it because it got me. But um, so it's got some it's got some jump scares and stuff like that, and it's a bit gory. Uh, but it's it's overall it's not. I think you could handle it. I think you'd be okay. Um, and it's um. Did you see Get Out? No. <laughs> okay, I had to think about it. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I think you might like it. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell. I can't tell. I don't know anymore about what other people like because people like to complain and start petitions to refilm things, and so I don't know. I, I don't care. Oh, anymore. Sonic needs it, dude. Oh, Sonic needed it. That's like, but but at the same time, at the same. So yeah, for those that don't know, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, people flipped out over the design of Sonic, and so so much so that they're like the, the filmmakers were like, "Sorry, we're gonna redesign him," which um which is fine. I, I but if it had come out as is, then it it's, wouldn't have bothered me because it's not something I'm super interested in anyway. But I was more talking about, like, it started with The Last Jedi and people trying to raise money to have a new director hired to refilm The Last Jedi. It, it, that is so freaking stupid. Just, it, if you don't like something, move on. And now it's happened again with Game of Thrones with the final season. It's like, oh, we're going to have a, we got a petition to raise money to have it redone. Grow up. Move on. If you if you don't like a thing, then then that's fine. But do you remember? So when we were younger, do you know what happened to that creative energy? It went into fanfic, and you got awesome fanfic. Now yeah. you get people complaining. I would I would 
fun to somebody who's like, hey, I want to tell the story of these ancillary characters in that universe because that's what used to happen when people didn't like Star Trek. They'd be like, no, I'm just going to write my own story. Right, like, right. not right. complain to have the whole, you know, whole thing redone. Just go out and write it yourself. Yeah, somewhere over the last five to ten years, people became very entitled about properties that don't you know, that they feel belong to them because they are, have investment in it. And actually, probably even longer than that, I probably started with the prequels and the whole George Lucas ruined my childhood thing and everything. And it's just, it's so frustrating because it's like, and, and Matt, and, Matt, not so much, but Greg, Greg, our buddy Greg will try and get me going all the time about stuff. And I just, I just don't care anymore because he didn't like Solo and I like Solo and I, but it's like, and he'll make, he'll make a crack about it and I'll just shrug my shoulders because I don't give a shit. If you didn't like a movie, <laughs> I, you know, and so, and that's kind of how it is. Like people, you see that a lot on Facebook or Reddit or wherever. And it's like, people are like, Oh, this is, it's like, I don't care. I don't care if you liked it and you shouldn't care if I like it. It's, it's the time's too short to, to worry about stuff like that. I, I like what I like and I don't care. So that's my rant. <laughs> I got I just got annoyed about that cuz it happened again with the Game of Thrones season and what did I think the final season was perfect? No, but am I does it ruin the entire series for me? No. The series was amazing. So That's my rant. Wow. <laughs> wow. I think I'm going to start a petition about Ender's Game though, to be clear. That's well, a good you. idea. Yeah, that one might be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, and it's sad, too, because, like, if you think about it, think about all the awesome stuff we get with Netflix and, and HBO now. It feels like um, like Ender's Game would have been something that could have been a nice series on uh, on Netflix or, or, you know, HBO or whatever. And I, I hope more properties go that route. Like, we've got a new Watchmen uh, series starting on HBO, and, you know, Disney's going to have their own streaming stuff with, uh, like, The Mandalorian, which looks amazing, set in the Star Wars universe, so I I, I would rather see more of these properties go to, to long-form TV, where it can be done, you know, and because and, Ender's Game, I didn't even see it, because you guys, you guys didn't like it, but I mean, wasn't one of the main knocks that they just tried to cram too much into a, into too little time? Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to think like um, it's not so I could probably start a huge debate here, but uh, like if, if you read Ready Player One, to me that's an awesome book, and if you saw the movie Ready Player One, that is an awesome movie. But the two, although related, aren't really the same. I feel like what they did is they tried to do Ender's Game like the book to pay, you know pay respect to that great thing. But I think what they should have done is said, well, that was written to be an amazing novel. They needed to change it to make it a, a great movie. And you know? do you think that was a time thing? Do you think it could have been done like straight along the lines of the book if it was a series and had more time? Um, I think so. I mean, I've probably read the book 10 times. And one of the things that I find interesting is like a lot of the book is about is – is in Ender's head, right? And so they didn't do anything. I don't know. I mean, I think I think it could be a great movie. I think it could be an amazing book, but no matter uh, uh, series. But what they need to do is they need to they, they need to take the 
the book, the, the story out of his head, right? Like, they, I don't know how they do that, whether they introduce Bean earlier and let him be like, the, you know, like sometimes they do that in movies where it's like, who is this character? Oh, it's the person this guy talks to so that you can hear his thoughts, you know, like. Or, or even a narrator type thing. Yeah, or narrated. I mean, any kind of creative thing. But I, I think it was twofold. I mean, I think the, they did try to cram in too much stuff and not the right stuff because, like, the 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 gravity battles and laser tag stuff is some of the cool stuff, and they didn't really get to touch that at all. But then on top of that, like, you never – I don't think anybody who saw that movie was like, man, Ender is, like, an incredibly dynamic, interesting character. You're kind of like, yeah, it's a kid who got tricked into blowing up a bunch of – aliens you know like well i think the other thing too and dave's i've read it uh, not as many times as dave but it's dark it's not like it's not necessarily a feel-good book and it and the ending of that book is not a feel-good ending like they tried to give you a little of that in the movie but it's not like there's a like there's a lot of you know, there's a lot in that that they just gloss over, like his relationship with his his brother and sister, um, and why that's such a big deal. Um, you know, um, you know the the fights he gets into with the other kids, like how that relates. And I I think they made it they made it too relatable to people that hadn't read the books. Um, that's a great point, actually, because I didn't think about it. It's definitely not dark enough. Yeah, and it, like, and again, uh, uh, the battle school scenes were fun, but they're they're a fairly small part of the book. Um, they're a cool part, but they're not, you know, the, the what happened like with the game, um, the giant's castle there, like that's that to me got glossed over too, and that's like a really like that's when you're getting into his head. Um, and all the sub characters have become so important in the later novels too. They're just, they're all like rah, rah, you know, for Ender, but that's not always how it went. They were just as troubled. Yeah. Yeah. That was an unexpected diversion into a movie that's several years old. That was cool. <laughs> yeah, but I think me, I, I was there the night Dave saw it, and I, yeah. both of us were really looking forward to it. And it's still one of those ones where we're just like, oh, all right. Yeah, well, and I think you brought up a good point, Dave, with Ready Player One, and a lot of people complained about how the, the movie was different, but the movie had to be different because uh, just – intellectual properties and just certain things from the book that you couldn't do in a movie. It just wouldn't work. Uh, so I take that a lot like uh, like The Shining. The Shining book and the Stanley Kubrick movie are very different, but I enjoy both of them very much. Like I, I've, I think Kubrick's movie is brilliant, and I've seen it a ton of times, and I, I absolutely love it. And I also love the, the Stephen King book, but they're very different. And I think Ready Player One is like that as well. I really enjoyed Ready Player One, the book, and then I've seen the movie three or four times too. I really like it. I think it's fun, and it's fun to look for all the, the Easter eggs in there and everything. So, um, you know, sometimes sometimes stuff has to be changed in the adaptation, but that doesn't make it worse. You know what I mean? You you should still be able to enjoy it for what it is. So yeah, don't tell Brian we had this talk. <laughs> Why? Oh, I, Brian Ahern is like never speak of that movie to me. Which one? Which one? 
Ready Player Ready One. Player One. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Huh. I didn't. I didn't know that. I'll have to ask him about that. Even though I was told not to. Um, <laughs> that's cool. So, geez, what else have we seen? Movies wise, what about what about TV? Do we want to talk about Game of Thrones? I don't even know if you guys watch. I can't remember. I know I know Matt does, but he's not here. Uh, uh, he's not two seasons. So. Uh, yeah, I That's, stopped watching when the TV show caught up with the books. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Well, yeah, I like I said, I'll just touch on it briefly. I I wasn't disappointed in the well, final season. I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it. I understand why people think some things were rushed and you know things like that, but at the same time, I overall I I really enjoyed the last season and um and and overall really loved the the series and it was something that that Amy and I watched together and really enjoyed so that was that was good overall it was a really good experience so I don't I don't have any issues with it um trying to think of what else tv wise i i watch very little tv oh i know what i wanted to say and i you guys are probably already sick you two probably not as much but matt and justin are probably sick of hearing me talk about it but i freaking love the what we do in the shadows tv show it is my favorite thing right now yeah it's like a buck it's like a, sorry like two bucks an episode right now or something and so i can't get it until um whatever it comes out like I, I don't have hulu live so yeah the um last night was the final episode of the first season it was only 10 episodes so it'll probably go to on demand fairly soon um it's based on the movie uh what we do in the shadows which was done by uh directed and written by uh taiki waititi who did uh thor ragnarok and is the voice of korg as well in the uh, mcu um yeah, and i it's the guys who did flight of the concords yeah, yeah. So, like, super funny. It's like a mock documentary about vampires. Uh, the one, the the movie was set in New Zealand. The TV show is set on Staten Island with three different vampires. Uh, and I just think it's it's incredibly clever. Uh, some of the some of the jokes and the writing I think is super sharp and really funny. And if you know vampire lore, some of the things they do with the vampire tropes are are just really really funny. So I, it's on uh, FXX and. Again, like hope, like I said, hopefully on on demand on other stuff soon. But um, I highly recommend it. I think it's absolutely hilarious. It is. Uh, it's very adult. Uh, does have some violence and, and strong language and stuff. But it is. I think it is super funny, and I just really, really love it. So, I would highly recommend that. Uh, cool. Other TV stuff? Are you guys watching anything? I finally watched uh, all all the seasons of Rick and Morty. I did that in like oh, yeah. a couple weeks. Um, that's how I was late to it too, and I that's how I did it. I just binged them. Yeah, that was that was really good. Um, I'm watching um, Killing Eve. Yeah, I think that looked interesting. How's that? I like it. Um, I think it's very intense. Um, there's just enough kind of like the violence to to keep me interested. The characters are really cool. Um, Melissa, it's funny, it's one of the shows we watch together, and she's like, I think I've gotten burnt out between, like, Homeland and, um, like, some of the other shows that she watches where there is, like, they're designed as, like, super intense dramas. I was like, I don't know. I think this is a different kind of intense. Like, they keep me... Like, it's not conspiracy intense. It's like... Is that lady gonna just kill that guy? Yeah, she is. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. So I, I have fun with it. Um, yeah. Um, and that's, I don't, other than that, I don't really watch, um, 
uh, a ton of TV. I've been watching The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, that's good. And um, it's good, but it is kind of weird to watch when you've got all this this crazy stuff happening in our real world. Not to make it political, um, but it's just funny to watch. And um, it's it, that that one's really intense. Like I'll watch an episode, and I'm like, okay, this is good TV. It's it's interesting. The characters, like, I'm super invested in them. But then, like, I'll go to sleep, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sad. Like, this is pretend, right? Like, is pretend? I think it's pretend. Yeah, I've had it recommended to me, but I've also had a bunch of people say it's really bleak. So I'm like, I don't really need that right now. Yeah, it's it's bleak. Yeah, it does look good, though. Um, There's so much stuff now. It's like, I think, Dave, you and I were talking about this. There's, There's just so many things, and I get recommendations all the time, and I'm sure there's... Like, Dave, you were telling me about Altered Carbon, and it's like, I'm sure I would love it, but it's like, there's like 800 things that people are telling me I would like, so it's it's tough to, and sometimes I get, it, you know, it's so sad, but it, it's happened to me with reading material, too, where sometimes the length of something will turn me off now and be like, oh, three seasons, I don't want to catch up on that, you know, so it's it's hard, it's sad, but that's kind of what it's come to. Uh, no problem. <laughs> Well, I have it like with reading, like I said, like I'll see a book and it's like, oh, I want to read that. It's like, oh, 800 pages. Ugh, come on. So and I think it's it, like nine texts. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's the, I blame the Internet because everything's in such small bites now and doses. It's sad. But thankfully, I still have comic books. Those are those are. Uh, those are small enough and short enough to keep my attention. Check out Hero Man and Sidekick Boy. Um, uh, cool. What else have we been doing? Any any other TV or books or anything? I haven't really been reading much uh, except for comic book stuff. So, you guys reading any books? Reading I have the Alex Fletcher. Well, listening to the Alex Fletcher Survival series, um, which I don't even know how I came across this, but what is fascinating about it is. Do you remember uh, Monsters Incorporated? Monster Hunter. Uh, Monster Hunter, yeah, sorry. Monster Hunter. I blocked it out. It's Monster Hunter meets The Walking Dead. Like, if a, um, if like an NRA coding prepper was like, yeah, we're going to do the, I mean, there's, well, I shouldn't say that. There's no, there's no zombies, but it's all about like, uh, like the first book is a plague hits America and how he like survives with his family because of all his prepping. And then the next one, we uh, I'm halfway through it. I don't know if it's an EMP or a nuclear device or a meteor that hit outside of Boston, but it's, um, but he's got to go get his son out of Boston. And it's like all the stuff that he did, you know, is doing to get there. Um, so is I don't it, know. Is, is he a local author, Dave? So, this is what's fascinating about this is like I don't think it's great. I don't like it's it's very um, like guilty pleasureish for me. Like I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, this is so bad, but it's good. <laughs> um, but it's it's a guy from Maine, so I just pretend like it's Ian. That if Ian was raised differently, um, and and so it's a lot of like, and it's all about him like traveling around. So like, there's a whole thing about him being an Epping, and then. Um, and so that's really cool. So I th- he must be a local author. I will tell you, though, they one of the things they had to do is figure out how they're going to cross into Massachusetts because 
there are uh, like a bunch of militia and state police are blocking people from going interstate um, for whatever reason. And so they're like, well, should we go here? Should we go here? They're getting them all right. Like, oh, should we go to Worcester? Or maybe we should cross over in Portsmouth or, or whatever it was. And then at one point he goes, well, what if we went to Haverhill? Yeah. I was like, oh, God, I can't believe the, the narrator said that wrong when he got so many others right. Well, of course, they pick Haverhill as the place they're going to cross. So it's been said like 90 times in the last four chapters, and every time I want to kill myself. And those who don't live around Massachusetts, it's Haverhill. It's pronounced Haverhill. So every time they're like, well, you know, Haverhill. And I'm like, you're from Maine. You know it's Haverhill. <laughs> uh, yes, longtime listeners of this show will know that that's where I used to live. So yeah. Andy, Andy, formerly of Haverhill. Yeah. Um, it, well, and and it's funny because, yeah, I, I always wonder about that, like, because you hear it on, like, you hear local commercials that are clearly done elsewhere because a lot of times they'll say the capital of New Hampshire, they'll say as, as Concord, and it's, it's Concord. Um, so yeah, I would, I don't know, I guess people don't ever think to prep people on that, you know what I mean? Like, like to tell the narrator how to, like, because I'd be curious, like, because Massachusetts is infamous for having a whole bunch of those that are that are just right. weird like uh like what you would think is is it's p-e-a-b-o-d-y you would think would be peabody but it's actually peabody and uh you know worcester's yeah, a good example <laughs> there's worcester and yeah haverhill and uh oh uh l-e-o-m-i-n-s-t-e-r looks like uh leo minster or but it's, uh, that's that's Lemonster. So yeah, Massachusetts has a bunch, but yeah, you would think someone would would prep a narrator or, or something like that on on any unusual uh, pronunciations. But I guess maybe maybe nobody thinks about that stuff. But but yeah, I'm with you, Dave. You know how I am with that type of stuff. That would that would drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, all right, well, they picked it now. So I went like a chapter where I only heard it once in Haverhill, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, but it's funny because they got Worcester right. Um, they got a bunch of other ones right that I was like, huh. anyway. But I guess they just missed that one. So yeah, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, there was one. Um, the, the the one that I hear a lot is like, especially people talking about Stephen King and stuff. They'll pronounce Bangor as uh, Banger, and um, so that one that one always drives me crazy too. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's not even spelled that way. Like, I could see if it was an ER, but it's not. It's not an ER. It's no R. Anyway, um, Andy, sorry, did you have any books? Any oh, I forgot. I read so, comics. It, well, I've been reading a ton of comics, but um, I've been listening to the books again, too, and I don't remember where I left off, so I'll just mention the last one I've finished, which the author is Connie Willis. Um, She's won some Hugos and Nebulas. Um, it's got a long title. It's To Say Nothing of the Dog or How We Found the Bishop's Bird Stump at Last. Um, <laughs> she wrote a whole series of books that are set in the near future where there's time travel. Uh, they're mostly in England, but they go back to kind of key points in English history. Um, but the only people that do time travel are historians because you can't affect the past, nor can you bring anything out. So there's no like commercial value to history at all. So basic and 
the point of this is someone who is funding the history department, you know, is also has like a side project that they're, they're looking to restore a church and they want some people to go back and, and do kind of eyewitness accounts of it. Um, but it's, it, it's funny cause it, it's, it's a, it, uh, interesting take on like Victorian England, but you know, people that aren't from Victorian England trying to fit in and stuff. I like it. Uh, it's just enough sci-fi to keep me, keep my kind of sci-fi going, but it, it does give you, um, kind of a, a little outside the genre as well. That's cool. That's cool. That sounds cool. Oh yeah. Neat. All right. We, let's see. We did books, TV, movies. Let's talk about game stuff. We, um, uh, we've been playing again. Andy sadly doesn't have a ton of time, but but you did get in some 40k recently, so that's good. We've been playing a lot of Warhammer 40,000. So, yes. Uh, and <laughs> you guys played? Did you two play each other recently, or no? The you second longest played? game in the world. Yes. Yes. Oh yes, that's right. You missed D&D because of it. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. That was insane. Well, it was only like seven hours. It was like six. It really was like six. <laughs> yeah, it was. You guys started at like three o'clock and we're done at like, like Dave texted me at nine. He's like, hey. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding? Well, that's the longest so, game ever. It was, um, well, it was interesting because Dave had IG, well, Deathcore Creek. So he had a ton of models and I brought a, um, um, not a battalion, uh, a, um, brigade. Brigade, right. So I had a ton of models. Um, so that was. Yeah, but you also don't play a lot. So you're looking up stuff quite a bit. And, um, and I don't know. I, I just think we're not like, we're not rushed players. I mean, it wasn't as bad as Dino. Oh, shoot. Dino's on. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. I knew that. That was on purpose. Um, no, I, I don't know. I think I think it's a long game unless like unless you really know your list. Like literally every decision you make takes an extra thirty seconds and it just adds up. You know. Yeah, and Dave and Dave knows his list, but it like when you're facing an army that you know, like mine, where there were just so many pieces on the board, it. You know, he had to make decisions a lot too, so yeah, it dragged on. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 you don't get to play a ton, and it sounds like if you had that many models, you probably had a bunch of stuff you usually don't play anyway, too. There was actually not as much um, on that front, but it was still a significant amount of models just to push around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, uh, Ian, just to point that out, stopped them hard. Yes, we started, and so our local uh, game store, Midgard Games in Derry, started a Grow League, and these are ones where you play uh, at lower points level early on, and then it slowly ramps up to 2,000 points, and it's to encourage people to either start new armies or uh, or new players to join, etc. So we started at 1,000 points, and... Um, you can you can do different lists, different armies, and everything every single game if you want to. But to me, that kind of goes against the spirit of what it's supposed to be. So I said, okay, I've got two armies that are the armies that I don't 
know as well. I don't have all painted. I have my Necrons all painted. I have my white scars like 90% painted. So, and I play a ton with the Necrons and, and I, I do well with them. So I don't, I don't feel like I need to play with them. So I was like, all right, I've got the Custodes army, which I'm, I had just started and my Thousand Sons, which I've been doing for a little bit, but I haven't played a ton of games with. So I was like, I'll pick my Thousand Sons and that way I can get them all painted. I, I'm real happy with my paint scheme and I can focus on them. But I know at a thousand points I am really gonna struggle but I don't care I just want to get them painted and I want to play more games and so so the league started this week and Dave and I played um, the first game and Dave's using his death core Krieg which I think really really shine at a thousand points and uh, so yeah Dave was able to, to stomp me pretty good in the uh, in the league game and the, the ITC missions are a little different to get used to as well because there's like secondary objectives and things like that but uh, yes all credit to Dave he he kick the crap out of me on Tuesday. Yeah. My list is amazing at a thousand points. I was like, like what, even when I put it together, I was like, this is awesome. This is like all the stuff that I want in my 2000 point list, except not the extra thousand points worth of stuff I have to fill in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel that sleepy. Yeah, I'm sleepy. Uh, and then you had a second game and one again, you had a, you were off to a nice start in the league. Yeah, well, I, I think, again, you know, I don't think I'm any great player, uh, but I, I think my list is just really well tuned at a thousand points because I played Chris and like, like for those that don't play the game, there's infantry and there are vehicles and it's not, you know, for most armies at a thousand points, you don't have that many vehicles. Like you had one rhino, which is just a basic little transport. I have two like really powerful tanks and then a, a a tank that shoots really well. It's not very, you know, it can't stand up to much fire, but just nobody had the right tools to take out my tanks, uh, which, you know, which and they have massive range. So you got to get into them. And I, I don't know. I just, yeah, I, I think for on, on top of that with the game with Chris, especially he, um, like I shot mortars at his warlord. He needed to make um, two, three plus. Like this is near the end of the game, but like he ne- needed to make two, three plus saves. Two twos. Warlord yeah. dies. I got like four points off of that. Um, you know, just like at one point, I picked up twelve dice and I hit with twelve dice. I don't think I wounded with them all, but it was just kind of like you, you shouldn't hit with twelve dice on a three or four up. You know, like he just he was getting brutalized pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I I'm happy because it's given me a focus. Like I worked really hard to get uh, my basic colors on on all my rubric marines, you know, in time for Tuesday. And then now, you know, now I'll go back and I'll be able to finish finish those up uh, when we bump up to 1,250 points in a few weeks. That stuff I'll have painted because I'll add my predator, which is all painted, and I'll probably add like maybe my hell brute. Um, so as it, the hard part of painting for me is now because as I add stuff, it's going to be characters. Like I'll add – like when we get to – when we jump from 500 to, to 2,000 points, that's literally just Magnus, my my massive Primarch, who's like 90% painted. So oh, nice. um, yeah, so the, the further we go, the less I'll have to paint. Um but um, but yeah no it's it's fun and it's and, you know a lot of our a lot of our friends are playing in the girl league and I it's going to be a good chance to even though you know Matt was joking because 
you and I played each other, you know, I had kind of joined to want to be able to play other people too. But, um, um, so I think, I think it'll be fun. And I'm, you know, I'm just looking forward to trying, trying to get another army painted. Cause it, it is really nice. Like I played two weeks ago and I posted pictures on, on our Facebook page. I played two games with my Necrons, you know, a couple weeks ago and I had 2000 points on the table, fully painted, everything's painted. And that just, it feels really good to have that, that done. Um, yeah. so it's, it's nice. And you're doing a good job getting a lot of your, your Krieg stuff, um, getting color on there and making those look good. So, uh, I, I yeah. have to admit, I, I like having a project to like, cause I think you guys know, I've been, I, I feel like I've been painting a lot consistently for the last, at least two years, if not a little bit longer. And it's like, I was way into guild ball. So you paint up six models and you're done. And so this is kind of like, feels like a real like long-term legitimate project like every time i sit down to paint i'm like all right i gotta like gotta focus and get stuff done and i mean it's it's well over 100 models so that's been kind of cool yeah andy have you had a chance to do any painting because i know you're you're focusing on your uh, iron hands but not really i haven't uh i haven't been doing as much hobbying um but i've I've been spending a lot more of my free time uh, with video games because, again, when I'm traveling, I get home. I have a tendency to just want to kind of veg out, and that's what I end up yeah. doing is vegging out with some of the the video games and stuff. So, yeah. Well, why don't we shift gears then? Because I I do want to talk about 40k more, but I think we'll wait and uh, try and do that next time and get when Matt's back because um, we're coming up on two years on eighth edition of 40k. So it'd be kind of fun to to take a look at, at what's happened. Um, so we'll kind of kind of table that for now. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah we cool. can talk about. Ah, we we talk about video games, then we can uh, we can move on, and uh, you guys can tell us all about Adepticon. But um, yeah, video game stuff. What are you what are you guys playing? Um, Division two came out, so I've been playing that. That's fun. Uh, Greg plays that. Dave and Rafe. Uh, so we get online and play every once in a while. So that is definitely um, holding my interest right now. Um, I've been having fun with that. Um, I just picked up um, the newest total war um game uh it takes place inside um it's um three kingdoms so it's um ancient china um i don't know if anybody ever played like any of the um the dynasty warrior games um it's all those same characters um it's I played a, it because one time you gave me a bag of Xbox 360 games, and there was one in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love those. Let games. me know if you ever want those back. I have that bag um, of games for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I let you have them because I know they'll like you'll just hold on to them forever. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Telling uh, you so anyway, yeah. So it's a Total War game um, of that series. I've still also been playing Total War Warhammer Two as well, uh, which is set in uh, kind of the Warhammer uh, universe. Um, I have fun with those. Um, again, it's one of those things where you know I can I get lost in those games. Um, they're real, real easy for me to just like all of a sudden be like, oh my gosh, where did the last kind of four which, hours go? Which one is it? I missed it. Uh, the one I'm playing now that I just started is Total Wars Three Kingdoms. Um, 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 that's set in ancient China, but I've also just before, I just purchased it like a week ago. Uh, before that, I was playing a ton of Total War Warhammer 2 because um, that you can be... 
dwarves, orcs, um, goblins, um, vampire counts, uh, tomb kings, Bretonians, empire, um, dark elves, uh, regular elves, tree elves, um, sl- uh, lizards, uh, rats, basically anything, any of the playable kind of races in Warhammer Fantasy are in there, and then they break down some of the human factions um, even more. So, is it is it real time strategy? So it's it's yeah yeah because there's a lot of building up your like you're capturing cities, developing the cities, but there's usually like a little story that goes with it why you're doing it. They'll they'll try to plug it a little bit like you're doing it because of this, um, and then they have like in game events that happen to try to kind of push back on you. So like chaos stirs, like, so chaos comes down and just, it has this really, really strong army and just kind of pushes through whoever gets in its way. Um, and it's fun. Like, so with the vampires, like they can raise, like one of their things is their units may be weak, but they can raise dead. So after a battle, I can basically make new fighters, um, much cheaper and faster. Um, and it's fun. They've got, but I can't go into lands that aren't corrupt because, you know, then my undead powers are weaker. So it, it, you know, I have to, I have to make sure that I maintain a certain level of vampiric corruption in each of my cities. I have fun with it. It's, those are games. Like I said, they're, they're, they're like Civ, but much more violent. Like, Civ doesn't have, like, the level of combat, but you get down to that real-time strategy combat. But a lot of times you can just say, you know, fight the battle for me. If it's balanced enough, like, if you're, like, if your force is more overwhelming, you can just be like, nah, I'm not going to fight. I'm just going to let this happen on its own. Huh. That sounds cool. I've, yeah, I've, Speaking I've of bills to pay, you should buy that for all the nerd triggers and we'll play with you. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, <laughs> hey, quick question. I know some of you guys, I can't remember who it was, uh, the Battletech game that's like an XCOM-style Battletech. Yeah, uh, yes. That is on sale now, so I'm probably going to pick it up because that's been on my wish list, and then we got a, a new, faster computer too. So um, it's on sale right now for like 23 bucks. so I am probably going to pick it up because it, it looks like it's right up my alley. Yeah, it is. I think so too. Awesome. Dave, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Division 2, um, which is probably oh, not a game like... Did you, sorry, did you already say that? Were you talking about or was or did Andy mention that? It was me. Yeah, no, oh, Andy okay. said it. I was just going to say, like, I, I, it's not necessarily my type of game, but I like it because I, I do get to play with the guys, and um, it's it's uh, definitely, like, visually, it's pretty amazing running around Washington, D.C. Uh, but then I, I, I don't know, I went back, I, I still, like, fire up Civ, use, like, I've got a Civ game you know, running in the background that I play during boring meetings at work. Um, <laughs> and what was it? I still play a little bit of Overwatch, uh, but I'm, I am kind of looking for that new game. I, I can't remember. There's a new XCOM type of game coming out. I actually tried to create a new XCOM 2 game uh, this morning. I was like, ah, I'm going to get one going, and I played like two missions, and I was like, man, it's boring. So I <laughs> needed to come up wow. with Wow. Wow. Uh, I, because because I 
because <laughs> I don't play a whole lot of new games. I ended up going back, and so they did uh, Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition a while back, and then they also did Icewind Dale Enhanced Edition. I hadn't picked up the Enhanced Icewind Dale one, uh, but I saw it was on sale on uh, Grand Old Games, and so I picked it up, and I'm really enjoying that because I played the original Icewind Dale so long ago that I don't remember much of it, but then also there's new content in the Enhanced Edition, so I'm, I'm really having a, a, a fun time with that. Uh, that's what I've been playing, uh, and then, of course, I still like, uh, you know, the retro, uh, my retro pie, I'll, I'll play... Um, play through old stuff and I actually actually fired up my original PlayStation and Castlevania Symphony of the Night which is one of my all-time favorite games and I was playing through that on the PlayStation again so that was fun and then uh now that it's not so cold in the basement I've been playing on the main cabinet some more and trying to discover some more hidden gems on there and actually found a really cool one that I liked speaking of, I, I mentioned Golden Axe before I really love those side scroller beat em ups especially the fantasy ones and I found one I had never heard of called King of Dragons, and I really like it. It's super fun. It's just like Golden Axe, except the the characters are you know a little different. Like there's an archer that actually shoots arrows, and um, but it's a, it's essentially Golden Axe. But but I, I love those games. I could I could play those all day. So um, so I've been uh, been playing those, and the, my kids have all the new games and stuff. I just haven't even like I have Red Dead Redemption two, and I haven't even. I haven't even played it yet because I know I might get sucked into it. So uh, I've been been holding off. So it's interesting. Red Dead Redemption Two didn't hold my interest like the original one did. Oh really? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think. I think this story isn't fo- like. You're, the character seems harder to relate to. I guess that's that's uh, what I would say. I can't. Um, the first one was open enough that I felt like I could connect to the different connect to the character. This one, it like I pigeonholed almost. Like uh, I know yeah. the other one, it it was still like a, a progression, but this. It feel and it makes me feel like I gotta go like a million places. And even though there's fast travel in it, like it, I don't, I don't love the fast travel aspect of it. Um, so I, I played a ton. I was playing for hours and hours, and I just got to a point where I was like, eh. and I just put it down. Like, because I would spend hours trying to get like a specific pelt, like. So I'm tracking an animal to where it lives and I'm using a bow to try to get it. And I had a blast doing that. And I was doing the fishing missions. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, I'm playing the mini games in this game. (laughs) Well, well, yeah. And you guys, you guys know how Kaiden is my, my older son with, uh, with chickens. He loves chickens and you know, the chickens that we have here are his and he takes care of them. He spent hours trying to get all the different breeds of chicken. Uh, in his, you know, in his, in his coop, because like you can have like a, you have like a, like a home area, right, where you can like set up yeah. everything. Uh, yeah, so he was to do that. Yeah, and and he, it, like, it was crazy how many actual different breeds of chicken they put in the game. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I beat it, and I I did really enjoy it. Um, and I I will say when I beat it, I was like, okay, I will, I'll go back and play this again, and I did not. Um, I have not picked it up, so I guess that kind of speaks a little bit to the fact that it didn't capture my attention the same way. So, 
Yeah. Well, and I kind of had the same thing with Divinity Original Sin Part 2. I was super excited to get it, and I knew that they had changed some things and made some things better. And I played a bunch when I first got it. It was like I came out the end of August, and I, I played a ton probably the first month. And then I don't – for whatever reason, I don't think I've picked it up since. I just haven't um, – I think the difficulty got ramped up on it, and uh, I got to an area where I was where I was like, all right, if I go north – I'm going to run into a battle that's going to kill me. If I go south, I'm going to run into a battle that's going to kill me. You know, so it was like I, I felt kind of stuck, and I think that kind of turned me off a little. So I'll definitely go back to it because I, I didn't get super far into the game, but and and I do love the game, but I just for whatever reason it yeah it's it's funny how that happens. You get into you know there'll be something that kind of I don't know it kind of clicks off for you and you don't feel the the desire because you guys know when you get hooked on a game and you're like oh man i gotta i gotta play more and more and you end up playing late into the night or you know skyrim was the one like that for me where it was like you know just keep exploring and keep playing and stuff and so it, it's fun when you get one of those games and it's kind of it can be disappointing when you have one that you hope is going to be like that but it just doesn't click for you yeah yeah i don't know what it is like i don't know why why it didn't click yeah I'll still check it out because I, you know, we have it, and I'll eventually I'll have time to to play. But um, yeah. So all right, well that was video game stuff. Um, we've still been playing D and D. Dave's actually in Pathfinder too. Um, but I did just want to mention D and D stuff real quick because we hit our seven year anniversary with our uh, with our campaign, and then I've also been running the uh, Rappin Athuk uh, Mega Dungeon. I ran the second session of that. That was a Kickstarter um, that I ended up getting two copies of. So Andy, uh, yeah, since, I took one. Yeah, I gave Andy one because uh, since Andy's paying a lot of my other bills for stuff, that uh, exactly. I was like, I was like, I was like, I, sh- I owe Andy something. So here's this book. Um, it's cool. But anyway, we. Oh, it's a it's a great it's super fun. We're having an awesome time with it. We ran our second session on Saturday and just uh, had an absolute blast with it because it's just uh, it's just brutal because it's just encounter after encounter, tra- deadly traps and puzzles, and it's just it's just super fun. And I, I really love it. It's got that old school feel to it. So, um, but jeez, uh, I think we've touched on everything in pretty much the longest roll call ever. Um, is there anything else before we uh, we move on? I got these new um, bamboo socks. I just highly recommend them. Uh, I had one other thing that I want to mention because since I I am not around to do stuff, I have a tendency to just uh, back Kickstarters all the time. Um, <laughs> so I think Ian, did you did you back that old school essentials? I absolutely did. Yep. So. Uh, Basically, someone is well. I don't know if you want to describe it better than than I can, but basically, they're they're redoing the basic D and D basic. Um, it's it's essentially without being able to say it for legal reasons. They're essentially it's essentially the red box nineteen eighties D and D is what they're setting out to do. Yep. Yeah, so that looks cool. So that'll be fun to to have that, and it's all hardcover. It looks like it'll be done pretty well. Um, it wasn't super expensive either. I don't know if you got like the black fifty pounds. Book. I did yeah. the fifty pound one. 
Yeah, I did the one that was a little cheaper. That was more because I ended up. I, I was like, oh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try not to do too many kickstarters, and then I backed like three within the span of a week. So I ended up having to go with the the little bit cheaper angle, which is I think three separate books. Um, and you got like all of them bound together in like a slipcase or something. Sounds like. Yeah, I think so. So one of the other ones that I that I backed. Um, I'll try to. I'll see if I can throw this to Skype so you guys can see this. Um. This was this was a game that they tried to they tried to do um, a couple years ago and it didn't it didn't uh, it didn't make it uh, and then they they found basically a company to help support them um, but it's called Kingdom Lawn. Um, it's basi- it's it's basically a long game like Bocce, um, but it has kind of a uh, a fantasy theme to it, uh, and you're knocking down kind of people's castles with almost like a bocce ball, but um, the different factions have kind of different abilities and stuff. So it looks like a fun game for kids and stuff. I'm this supposed to get cool. it. I'm supposed to get say. it this month. I don't know if I will. I don't know that there's a big enough spot in Maine to play it. Um, like if we could play it on the sand, maybe, but I don't. Otherwise, I'll have everybody over in the backyard to play sometime too. So, um, but it looks like a fun game. Or we'll just bring it up to Maine and take it down to like the sports fields, um, the sports balls. Um, but yeah, yeah that was one. Balls. That was one that like they tried to do a couple years ago and it just didn't make it. Um, but that that should actually make it into like retail stores eventually. Um, yeah, this so. looks super fun. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've backed a ton of other kind of little things. Like I, I, I did back – there was a couple of them that came out at the same time. But um, basically, they're large books that are designed to open <laughs> up into maps. I, I, backed both, I backed both of these as well. <laughs> uh, I only did one of them. I did the immersive battle maps one. Um, and that was mostly because they made nice little, like, it's basically two pages work together. Um, so I, is that the one you get two books? Cause there's one where you get two books and they're identical. I um, think that's the one I, what did I back this at? Yeah, there, there's two. They're literally the same idea. Um, one of them has nice, it lays yeah, flat, and the other one, the other one is spiral bound, which I'm not crazy about because that means the spirals in the middle if you've got it laid out. And the other one they did like in, you know how some photo binders have um, that kind of weird lay flat binder. Uh, it's like a cool yeah. That's the one I did. Thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I since I already had one, and I I hate spiral bounds. Um, I kind of skipped skipped that one. Yeah, uh, I was like, I, I'm hoping they'll work together. And the cool thing is they're both like uh, wet erase, like you can actually draw on them. They come with like static uh, static cling like decals that you can put in some places. Yeah, those were the other – when I mentioned I backed three Kickstarters in the span of a week, those were the other two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then I bought – I don't know why I spent way too much money on this one. Um, the Tenfold Dungeon. Hold on, I'll send you guys this one too because it's another one that's – it's it's interesting but hard to uh, to explain. Um, oh, that's where there it goes. So this I thought would be perfect for like when we go on Nerd Herders retreat. 
to be able to do D, like a a D and D with a dungeon crawl. Um, but like I went in heavy on this one. Um, I oh, I did the, see this where they all like collapse, right? No, they stack in a box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw this one. I didn't. I I wasn't able to pull the trigger on this one, but it did, it did look cool. Yeah, I got. I got. I went all in. Um, nice. So basically, I get. I get. I think I get f- like four of the different dungeon types. So I think there was five, and I think I end up with four of them. Uh-huh. Uh, but what's awesome, like like I said, that would be super fun, like because you could. I could bring one bot. I could throw some minis in there too, and then we have a little like dungeon crawl with without having to bring a whole bunch of stuff yeah that'd be yeah super cool we'll do the old school essentials we'll uh we'll yeah. make it a kick kickstarter fest that'll be awesome yeah, yeah this one looks cool too and then I, yeah i think the then i did like uh somebody was doing um uh ultimate dropper bottle transfer kit um basically some Glass, glass and metal beads, bottle eyedroppers to do paints and stuff. Because I still make a mess when I'm pouring stuff, and I like lo- I like having the little um, glass beads or metal balls in there to uh, to be able to shake up the paint um, and keep it going. Um, yeah, that's cool. Oh, and then uh, that that dude, um, um, well, the dude. about. Lebowski. Yeah, I can't remember. He wrote so he, he wrote another book that Matt bought, um, and this is another one he's putting out. It's called Terrain Essentials. It's an essential guide to building terrain. Oh, is uh, it Mal the Terrain Tutor? Is that who yeah. it is? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I love his videos. I love yeah. his videos. Um, I like him too. Um, and I I went in for the book. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the other book was because Matt got that one. Um, because it's actually uh, this guy Dave Taylor that's that's does the Kickstarter. Um, he he did uh, another project to create it. Where's the other one here? Oh, Armies, Legions, and Hordes: A Guide to Successfully Completing Wargaming ar- uh, Armies and Other Large Wargaming pro- Projects. That's the one I probably should have backed, um, <laughs> but. You know, who knows? Maybe Matt will be done with the book, and I can I can get that. Nice. So yeah, that's it. But yeah, like I said, Kickstarters have been kind of a big, big push for me lately. Again. Awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, uh, anything else, or shall we move on? I'm good. All right, moving on. I don't mean to be rude, but you should seek out like-minded people to embrace all aspects of your fandom. See your path. Stay on it. There are sights to be seen, wonders to embrace, and new friends you haven't met yet. Geek Nation Tours. says the Ugnaught union labor strike is no closer to being resolved. The Ugnaughts continue to fight for higher wages and lower urinals. Mr. Calrissian commented, quote, this deal keeps getting worse all the time. Turning to weather, today will be mostly cloudy and the forecast for the week is mostly cloudy. You're listening to WPPN. The time is six past the hour. We now return you to Best Ben's favorite talk show, The Nerd Herders. Under them simple. Get to the weapons, use them any way you can. I know you won't break the rules, 
There aren't any. <laughs> All right, welcome to Thunderdome, the main segment. And since uh, Andy and Dave went to Adepticon, it was a while ago now, but uh, hopefully they'll they'll remember some things. But we thought we'd have them talk a little bit about uh, what they saw out there and what the convention experience was like. Uh, so, uh, actually, I, I have a question to start with, guys, and then you guys can just kind of can kind of roll with it. But uh, I wondered, uh, did you feel like it was bigger this year? Did did it feel more crowded? Did it feel like more people? Uh, oh, it was definitely, definitely more crowded. Um, it's yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, but I, I, well, I guess maybe there were more people, but I don't, I, I didn't feel it didn't feel crowded to me. For me, okay, like, well, yeah. like, I mean, the parking lot was still pretty empty. Like, there, there were some oddities. Like, I, I don't know. I honestly didn't think it was more crowded um i I don't know if there were more people i felt like there were less small booths there were a lot um i I thought some of the booths were like the smaller independent type ones yeah um yeah so i thought that was a little bit lower you know um and then like keyforge had a huge presence but again some of the other games didn't have like as many tables and stuff out um I don't know, but I, I didn't. I, I don't feel like it's getting close to like, you know, busting at the seams like, like certainly not like Gen Con, which I know we're not comparing it to, but it, it just didn't feel like it had reached you know that max capacity yet. No, I I agree. Um, I meant I think I meant crowds, but I 100% hear you, Dave, on the idea that it didn't seem like there were as many kind of vendors there this time. Yeah. Um, or some of the smaller vendors or even some of the smaller ones just didn't have a lot of stuff. Um, and again, I don't know what that, you know, what causes that. If like, if it's Kickstarter, if it's too, if it's more expensive for them. Um, but at the same time, some of the ones that used to be on the outside were on the inside. Um, like the knuckle duster guy is inside now. So, um, which is nice to see for him, you know, that he's, he's able to kind of, you know, that his stuff is doing well enough that he can be in inside doing that. Um, but yeah, that was, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think there's more people, but as, as Dave said, it's not, there's did seem to be less vendors. Huh. Yeah, because that that would be that's my concern. Is that one of the things I love about Adepticon is the the it feels it doesn't feel overwhelming and, and crowded and and packed to the gills. It feels like you can make your way through and and see things and and you know not be um you know because some of the bigger conventions Gen Con's gotten like this and Dragon Con is like this as well where sometimes there's a a vendor that you want to get a look at, you know, at what they have, and you just can't get anywhere near the table because there's just too many people. Um, so it's good for the vendors, but it's just as a, you know, as, as a con goer, it's a little, it's a little yeah, tough sometimes. Yeah, they're not, I don't think they're yet, there yet. Okay, that's good. I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. I think, um, you know, I'm, Justin, Matt, and I weren't able to make it this year, but I, I I feel good that all five of us will be able to go next year. So yeah, well, and hopefully next year when when you go, we won't have um, the hotel fiasco that we had, which worked itself out. But oh yeah, uh, what happened? What happened? 
I didn't even hear about that. <laughs> so and he had a brain fart. No. So what? Yeah. So what happened was, so you book, you can get a, a hotel through uh, the con, um, but all of the the double rooms go instantaneously. So I had a I had a king, and I was like, well, I would rather get a double room, uh, double bedroom uh, than the king. Um, so I, I held on to that room. And then I waited a little while. And usually what you can do is with Marriott, depending on how far out you're booking it, like you can, you can sometimes go in as a Marriott member and find one. I go in, I, you know, I find the Marriott and I, I book it. Um, so then I cancel my Adepticon one because at that point it's just me, Dave and Rafe. I get there to check in. Yeah, I booked the wrong hotel. Um, but. Because I'm a Marriott member, so here's where all that traveling actually did pay off in. Um, they were like, oh, okay, you can't stay here tonight because we're, we're sold out, but come back tomorrow, um, and yeah, you'll be fine. You'll have your original king reservation. So needless to say, again, Dave and I got to sleep together. <laughs> and you guys had Rafe with you too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he slept on the tiny little couch, which was funny. Yeah. Oh, he did. Well, he's a tiny little man, so. Yeah, he's yeah, actually he was all right over there. He was fairly comfortable. No, I swear I actually, he, he like goes back into his like camper mode. And he's like, no, oh, it's great. I love it. Yeah. Where's me? Like, no, I, yeah. no, I'm not sleeping. I'm sleeping on a bed. <laughs> yeah, Steen, Steen had to sleep on ours one the the last year because uh, he was he stayed with Rich, but Rich was in fewer nights so he had to stay like the front end and back end with us and he was on the little couch too and i don't think he was crazy about it but it would i would have been fine with it but i always get the rollaway cot i actually think the rollaway cot's comfortable i, I actually like it <laughs> that's funny. um that's funny that that ended up happening because it was so well and it, it's tough too because there were so many of us that were like i i tried to make my decision as far out as i can but i think it was still probably a month away where i was like yeah i'm not gonna be able to do it so and, and i know you were hanging on to the reservations to try and you know help out, out if we all needed space so i do appreciate that so oh sorry yeah, yeah no, and that a, wasn't again that wasn't a big deal it was just it was one of those things where i was like oh all right um how far away did you guys end up that first night? Oh, not that far at all. Ah, that's good. That's, and it really didn't matter that much because we we were able to. Did you do the welcome dinner with Terrace? We did. We, no, we didn't. No. I had some, oh, I had something that night. Yeah, we skipped that night, and then um, but he wanted us to do the the podcasters night, which oh. was really fun. Oh, the the welcome dinner. I was at getting you guys from the airport. Oh, right. Yeah, we made it too late. That's right. Yeah, I was getting you guys from the airport. That's what that's what happened on that one. Um, but yeah, that wasn't that wasn't a big deal. Um, that. Um, but then yeah, you guys went to the podcasters dinner. Um, so yes, yeah, so we typically get in Wednesday now, and Terrace does his welcome dinner on Wednesday night. And then Thursday night was, I think, the podcasters, the podcasters dinner, and I had a painting class. So for the first time ever, I signed up for something. I signed up for a couple of things actually. Oh, nice, excellent. Yeah. So Dave, if you want to talk about the podcasters dinner, then 
I mean, I don't really have a ton to say other than uh, it was at a new location. It was like a weird, like, luau type of place. Um, it was super fun. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I usually have a good time. I don't mind socializing. There was no, like, push for games or anything this time, so I didn't feel like we had to, like, organize anything. We just sat and talked and laughed and had a good time. Um, and, uh, yeah, food was great. You know, he's, he's always a good host, so. Yeah, I think the welcome dinner, he's got more of. That's when, yeah, the, that's when they do the games. The podcaster's dinner is more of a, a mingling type of thing. But I think oh, he has. That's right. that's right. I think he has more, more support for those now. So there isn't as much need for us to. Yeah, there's more uh, of the industry support yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, which which is good. Yeah, yeah. Dave's in his element at the podcasters' dinner because Dave's a Dave loves to schmooze and get to know people. He's very outgoing, so yeah, I can I can I see you. Schmoozy. You are, and it's a little. I think it's a little more of a struggle for uh, for Andy. Um, and then I'm kind of somewhere. What? In, I love that thing. You do, but you just kind of hunker down and and start getting beers and <laughs> whereas whereas. Like yeah, yeah. no, I yeah, guess you, yeah, I guess you, I guess you, you book, you do well too. I wasn't, I wasn't saying it in a negative way. I was saying, no, I know, I know. That's for Dave and his element, and no, uh, Justin is miserable at that. That's true, just yeah, that's true too. And I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I don't mind talking to people, but I'm also, uh, I feel uncomfortable just being all like, hey, hey, what you doing, you know? So, right. um. Yeah, but uh, but it, it is always fun. I do always end up coming away from it, enjoying it because you know the people that are on the tour are always are always cool and so nice. Well, I'll just let you guys talk as much or as little about other thing you know stuff you saw that type of stuff. I'll I'll just leave it up to you to you guys to um. You well, know, I'll tell you one of my sad stories to start, um, yeah. which I think people heard on Facebook. I, I don't think this has happened to me before, um, but I bought some really cool stuff from a guy called the Baron Magnate. I bought um, – it wasn't it, – it, like it's so random. I bought some magnetic flight stands for my uh, Salamander Army. I can't even remember the guy's names, but the guys that have the – uh, plasma blasters that throw out a ton of shots. Um, In- Inceptors. Inceptors, yeah. So, um, so it's like, oh, they have this. They, 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 the the magnets are ball shaped, so they kind of pivot around and look kind of cool. So I got that, and I got some super glue, and I got this this green stuff, and it was like fifty five bucks worth of stuff, and um, then I ran over and we played uh, a. Well, I had played before, um, but we played the, the Witchborn game, and it was just in a black bag. And I think I put the black bag on the ground, and then when we left, I just walked away from it. But the Witchborn stuff had all, you know, I, did, I honestly didn't even notice till I got home and was unpacking everything. So it wasn't like I got back up to the room and was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I just, we were just collecting stuff. So that was kind of sad to come home and realize that this thing I was super excited to put together. Um, and you know my memory, like, it's fully possible that I have lost other things, but just forgot that I even bought them. But I was really excited. This was the first thing that I was going to. I was going to rebase all my guys because uh, I, I have six of them now. But um, so that was kind of a bummer. But I will say the Baron Magnet guy was really nice and friendly. And at some point when I had 55 extra bucks, I'm going to go and repeat my purchase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it was kind of a bummer for him. But 
Um, I, I felt bad too because I, t- I I texted him and you can't tell tone in text, so I was like, I, like I can't remember what I said, but I was I was like, what happened or whatever, and and Dave was like, are you being a dick? Or I was, I was like, no, I'm, I feel bad for you. I <laughs> I wondered what. Oh happened. no, because you said you were like, oh, how'd you manage to do that? And you're right. So oh I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 tone, like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. don't fuck with me today, Ian. <laughs> Really bummed about this. You're like, I'm not trying to be. I'm like, well, text sucks, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I probably could have phrased it better, but yeah, I was, I was legitimately, Phrasing. I felt bad. Yeah, I, I legitimately felt bad and wondered what had happened. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. But uh, you know, I will say, you know, so it's nice. So a couple other things, um, uh, just people wise. So Corey, my nephew's out there, so he came out and hung out, which was um, really fun. And I think everybody, um, you know, was enjoyed getting to meet him and hang out with him. So that was kind of cool. We had a couple awesome dinners. So, um, we actually brought Terrace and Seppi together. Um, oh man, that must've been, <laughs> that oh, that was lunch. Yeah. That was like a, that was lunch at the hotel. That was fantastic. Yeah. And that was just a great conversation. And there were seen so many socialists in one room in my entire life. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, that, that, and, and it was for, I loved it. You, you would have hated it, Ian, but it was very political. Like we had a lot of good, like political socioeconomic conversations. So that was kind of fun. Um, well, well I, I would have felt more bad. Well, cause Adam Pitzer was there with us too. Um, so yeah, the pits, um, he, it's, and I love being able to see him each year. Like I totally miss Dan. Um, but. Like still being able to see Adam there is always great. Um, uh, and he took more time off this year, um, to do more of the con. So he was with us quite a bit more, uh, this year too. So, uh, we made our traditional trips out to, um, Portillo's. Portillo's. Yeah, I think we went at least twice. And Kuma's um, Corner? Did you get to Kuma's Corner? No, we didn't go to Kuma's Corner uh, this time, but there wasn't as much, because you weren't there, Ian. Like, so it wasn't, like, there wasn't as big of a push for, for Kuma's Corner as there, as there normally is. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, we did, um, we did the Portillo's, uh, Dave, uh, Rafe and I, so it, it was Wednesday night. Yeah. Cause we, um, I got them from the airport. We actually went to, <laughs> went, did we end? Yeah. We ended up at two. We went to this first place. It was like, it was like an arcade like place, like a Dave and Buster's. And we walk in and literally nobody greeted us. Nobody oh, was right. helping us. And we turned around and left. And there was another place like a half a mile away that was bowling and arcade games. And they even had some old school uh, cabinets. And so we went there instead. And like, it was such, such a better experience. Like it was like night and day. Um, but that would be a fun place to go again next year too. It's, it's very much like a day. Both of them were very much like Dave and Buster's. Um, and you, you kind of get that opportunity to, you know, play some games, um, have some dinner, um, and then, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, nice. that was a good time. Um, what was the, the name of the guy that uh, also worked with Terrorist running the tour? Was Devrim there, the, the editor for the Yes, the Devrim was there, so it was good to see Devrim. But it's the guy it's that runs else. the laser. Um, he runs, like, Iron Forge or... 
I'm not sure who that is. He, ran, he ran the Gen Con tour the last time we when we were out there for Justin's. Oh, okay. When we went, that was a while ago. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember who you're talking about, but I, I don't recall his name. Yeah, super nice guy. So we got to hang out with him and have some talks. And I just, I just like him. He's a super smart gamer business guy kind of thing. Um, and I feel awful. I can't remember his name. Maybe it's Alex. It is Alex. Yeah. Okay. I think it is. Um, but yeah, so then more. It's totally not. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's Roger. No. Um, Roger. all right. So I'm trying to think. I played in the Keyforge tournament and I had a blast. Um, Keyforge is huge locally. We didn't talk about Keyforge, but um, we have a lot of our friends that play a ton, like uh, Brian and uh, Steve, and I'm not sure if Ryan went, but uh, uh, they went to Atlanta to play in a tournament. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Hearn was telling me about it. I was like, that's pretty awesome. So sorry, keep going, Dave. You played in the Keyforge tournament. Yeah, no, I uh, played in the Keyforge tournament. That was a lot of fun. And then, um, gosh, what else? Um, we played the Witchborn demo. Um, oh, you know what we did buy? Um, so we had a great time. We bought, um, oh, I'm going to stand up and look at the name of it. The new Mantic um, Uncharted Empire? No, that's not it. What was that <laughs> called? Vanguard. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got the rules of Vanguard, yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, so it's like a skirmish level little game, which actually, Ian, I think you would love. Um, and I was just thinking about that the other day when we were playing the thousand point game. I'm like, oh, I got to figure out if we're going to pull this out um, and play it because it's got that fantasy element, but it's uh, it's a little like more timey. Um, and I don't know. I thought it, I thought it was fun. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely like to check that out. I've liked everything Amantic I've ever played. So they their their rules and and design is always is always right on par with was what I like, you know, for for those types of games. So I'll definitely try that. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Amantic, did you did you see Pat much? Did you get to say hi? To oh him? yeah, yeah, yeah. We stopped by, talked to Pat quite a bit. Um we didn't do we saw him we saw him downstairs, and then he was up running some events, um, kind of that was upstairs room. So we we talked to him uh, a bit. Um, did we? Did he play a, a game of Space Base with us? Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which that was the only thing I didn't like about your your nephew this time. Didn't like yeah, Space Base. He didn't like Space Base, which didn't like Space Base exactly. Uh, Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I've told you for years he's he's kind of got some weird dudeness to him. Yeah, like everything else like Yeah. Yeah. But that was it. He even played uh what was that bird brain game? Um Wingspan. Oh my gosh. That game was way more fun than it had any right to be. That- that game is there's a whole crazy thing about that game. Do you do you know all about that? So like the I guess they they underprinted and the demand was crazy and people just were went nuts and attacked like the designer guy about the about how it all happened and he like put out this whole massive like apology and explanation about what had happened and I was like I was and and I can't remember where else I had heard about the game but I was like everybody's going crazy over this bird game it's crazy yeah it was good it is I've heard it's awesome 
I, I've heard it's really good. So, but yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's weird that it ended up in this whole big thing. I think somebody might have had it at Captain Con. That like the the Slotchies might have had it, or maybe maybe Steve and Dina had it. But um, it it looked neat. It looks it looks really cool. It looks beautiful too, like the components and everything. Yeah, no, it was Rafe. I don't know how Rafe ended up with it, but it is a super Rafe game. Like, <laughs> yeah. it um, it took a while to grok like what was happening, but I like, and again, I was making uh, vodka drinks for me and Dave. Um, that may have helped a little bit, but helped me a lot. It was <laughs> it was good. Like, I was I was so surprised. Uh, how good that game was. That's cool. Yeah, I definitely... So Rafe has it, you say? Yeah, Rafe has it. Um, and, like, the thing is, is you're playing it, and all of a sudden it's, like, you're starting to get it, and you think you might win, and then it's over. Like, it's... Yeah. Because I think... Yeah, it has its built its own built-in timer, and there's, like, there's a million things going on. Um, but the cards are really... Like, the the quality of the game was really nice. Yeah, I had a blast playing that one. Yeah, I I ripped on Rafe really hard about having to play it, and then I was like, all right, it's a good game. <laughs> yeah, it was. It it was exactly that. Like we, yeah, we were all over him for a long time, and then all of a sudden it was it was good. Nice. Yeah, I definitely want to check that one out. Cool. All right. Well, what else? Anything else, guys? Um, well, so one of the things we did as a group, Dave, uh, Rafe and I, is we, we, uh, Dave kind of mentioned it in the lost item story is played Witchborn together. Um, it's another game where it's, it, it's so much like Necromunda and Mordheim for me, where, I love the idea of trying to put role playing into my miniatures game, but nobody has really done it in a way that makes me want to play like back to back games. Um, because when you lose, it sucks. Um, like I think, I think my first turn, I put one of my guys to sleep. Uh, um, and luckily I was in a position on the board where that didn't matter as much. Um, but I was like, this is, this is awful. And then you play for so long. And then at the end, if you didn't win, you're like, what, what, what did I like? What did I accomplish? And each faction has so many little sub rules. I know Dave really likes it. I, I love some of the mechanics that they've put in there. Um, I think it's got a really cool storyline to it. I like that you can use kind of any minis, uh, really. Uh, but they work with, I think they work specifically with bones. Um, but yeah, I don't know if Dave wants to kind of mention anything else about it. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it is, it's Blood Bowl, first of all. I don't know if you picked that up. Um, you, yeah. you're, you're just because, so it's got the Blood Bowl dice mechanic, right? Where it's like, if you attack a certain type of unit and roll shields, then um, their shields block it. And if you roll a different type of thing and you get, um, you know, whatever the agility one is, you know, then they, then they, you don't hit them. So it's got a little bit of that Blood Bowl dice feel. And because I think he 
built it up from that Blood Bowl core. It also, like, every unit has a ton of skills, but it's, it's, it gets beyond Blood Bowl because instead of just playing on a hex, you're, you're moving in inches. Um, and, and I'd agree. I mean, there's a ton of, it, it's actually Blood Bowl, but then they add weapons on top of it, right? So you've not only got the, the Blood Bowl mechanic where you're comparing strength and agility, but then you could have weapons that, that tweak that. Um, and it's not an easy game. Um, and, you know, it, it's funny because, like, I know Adam likes it and Charlie likes it. So I've got people that I can play with. But it, it um, I actually did think, Andy, I, I thought you would like it. But I'm not surprised that you don't like I, I it's 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 a niche kind of game. Um, and if they, so I think I I think that's why I like the idea of Frostgraves a little bit better. It's it's just not as <sighs> there, there's too there's too much minutia on those cards. Like there is so much going on on those cards. Like um that like I'm just like this is this is overwhelming. Like you really do have to play all all the time to to make it make it fun. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't disagree. I mean I I do like it and I would play without a more um, if I had the time. But I like a crunchy game where I get into my war band and I really get to know how it works. But I I guess it is it's probably 40k level complexity for for a skirmish game, right? Like. If that makes sense, like there, there's that much going on, and it does definitely suffer from uh, a one-man show game design thing, where like he knows everything about his game, so he's able to explain it really well, but it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't easily translate. But uh, it is what it is. Yeah, I think that's that, well, and again, it's it, the game is like. The story is cool. The the amount of effort they put into the art and all that stuff is is cool. Um, but yeah, I just get like those cards have like a million things going on, um, and it's hard to know what the best thing to do is. And it's exactly right. Like if he wasn't there to explain the best move to me, sometimes I'd be like, all right, well, like I don't I don't know what to do here. Um, and I think each of the factions play the, the 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 quality points to it. Each of the factions play very differently, so they're not they're not the same at all. Um, and that I think that makes makes it fun. Um, but then you just have you have almost too many choices. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Interesting. Uh, but oh, but I really liked it because I got to play with Raven Dave too. Well, Where the nice. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to mention something real quick that I forgot that has happened since the last time we recorded and you mentioning playing with Adam. Recording? Not not tonight. It, although that has been a while too. Uh no, I've gotten into Age of Sigmar, which I did not think I was going to, but I, I the Skaven have their own battle tome now and I've been playing a bunch, played with Matt, played with uh Adam, and I've been really enjoying that. So that's that's all I wanted to say. Cool. About that. <laughs> Sorry, back to Adepticon. So, all right. So there was that. Um, oh, you got a demo, Dave, of the new God Tier game. I did. Um, so that is hopefully coming out. Gosh, sometime in the next two months. Um, I think retail release 
is August. So for those that don't know, what? Sorry, was that the crazy one where you, where when we were at the camping trip, you guys all sat and were like drafting your what to? Was that that one? Which ones you yes, guys were going to go in? Okay. Yes, please explain. I don't so, know what it was. It's made by Steamforged Games, which is the same company that made Guild Ball. Um, and a um, little side note, there was some fear from a lot of people who are into Steamforged like I am that they were going to go under. But they got a $5 million investment from somebody. I'm not sure who. Um, so obviously uh, that is kind of made us all feel better because they were kind of falling into that, like doing Kickstarters to fund themselves model. Um, so, but back to God tier, God tier is like, God has died and the tears or pieces of the gods have fallen to the earth. And the game is you come onto this hex board and you fight to grab these, these um, pieces of God and, and uh, get points for them. But the way it works is kind of cool. Um, it's a little chess-like in that you've got the, you, you come to the table with two kind of leaders. Um, and I think I played with Rafe, was it? I think Rafe might have sat played with. Yeah, it was you and Rafe, yeah. Yeah, so so Rafe kind of was hanging around. I'm like, yeah, just sit and play. And we'll just, so that was kind of cool because it actually worked out really well. And you move these kind of big, big guys around who have special moves. Um, and then you have these little supporting guys that kind of help do things like they block the way the enemy bad guys move and they can add a little bit of buff to, uh, to the, to your guys. Um, but the, the other thing it does is you, you have a, a phase one where you have a card and you can do all these actions on the card, but it's really just set up. There's no a attack. There's no damage. It's like all this kind of like setup stuff. And then you flip the card over, and then that is kind of your phase two. And that's where kind of combat happens. But you can still move in both phases, and there's things that you can do in both phases. Um, so it's, it's almost like you're playing like uh, like in 40K where you have like a, a move, shoot, and assault. But you, you have that kind of structure. But because you're flipping the card over, it actually changes what you can do in the move, shoot, assault, right? So, um, you know, like you might be able to cast a spell, but it just slows the guys down or buffs your little dudes or does something else. And then when you flip it over to the other side, it's like, okay, now, now I can actually do an attack. And I actually thought that was really kind of fun because it gave you that feeling of like two different tactics every time you played, right? Like, ah, oh, what do I do now to you know, to prepare for the next phase. And the scoring was kind of neat. So the better you do, the harder it is for you to get points and easier for your opponent to get points. And you play five turns. So, like, if I crush you for two turns, then it's going to be really easy for you to get points. So you could come back third and first, third turn and fourth turn and get those and, and kind of score those as wins. And then it's down to the fifth, right? So because it's, it's whoever wins each turn. So, so once you've won three turns, you win the game. And so, um, yeah, it's just different. It's a different game. The models I thought looked amazing. I'm sorry. The models did not look amazing in the demo because they were all paper cutouts, but the models that <laughs> somebody had did look very cool. Um, and I'm excited to paint them. So even if the whole thing is a bust, I'm going to get some cool mods out of it. That's fine. Nice. Awesome. Um, I also, 
gosh, what did I buy? Oh, I bought, uh, I, I spent a ton of money on just random, like there were way more yard sale stuff. Like there's a whole booth of like, like, you know, they have the guy out front with all the bits, the bits guy. Well, there's another booth inside now. It was all like Ziploc bags, but they were oh, like yeah. hanging on racks. And I ended up getting like two chimeras and a tank. And I think I paid like 45 bucks for all that. Um, you yeah, know, I got like nine bikes for 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. They had like a Titan, half painted Titan for like $45. Um, but no, I don't know. I mean, it's just fun. It's just, it's just, Super fun. I signed up for the Blood Bowl tournament and I didn't play. Um, I played the, uh, <laughs> I played the game. Oh, I can't even remember the name of it, but you guys always make fun of me for oh, like, the moving board thing. Yeah. It's like Anathema or something like that. I can't remember, but, um, it's the one where you're, you're playing Ethereum. Ethereum. That's what it was. Um, I played another demo of that because I just, I, I think it's a neat. There's so many things about the game that I like, but I didn't buy it, obviously, because no one will ever play it. But um. I bought new uh, paint holders. I'm not paint holders, uh, uh, model holders for what I'm painting. Oh, yeah, me too. Well, I bought I bought a piece of that with you because I got an extra handle to hold my hobby holder. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That was um, – that. I have one that's a really nice wooden one, um, but I like – this one was a little more interchangeable, um, and it'll be, it'll be good for – bigger models too because we figured out he he eventually wants to do attachments for it but the basically there's a way to put a bolt coming out of it um with um, a hex nut on the inside so the bolt won't move uh, but then you could kind of you could put something a little more like a little larger it still wouldn't still wouldn't want to hold something that's too heavy but it'd be much easier to get like uh, like a bigger model, like a rhino or something, so you could hold it up, which would be nice when I'm like trying to spray it or something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep thinking I want to invest in a in a handle, but I ha- I haven't yet, but I, I probably will. <laughs> these were these were cheap and plastic, like it was a good price. Um, and what's funny too is they just use, um. They have you reuse uh, the tops of water bottles uh, as part of it. Yeah, it was designed oh, so that it holds a soda bottle top. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Or since I yeah. don't drink a lot of soda, I, I got to drink yeah. water bottles. Do you guys have anything that works with a beer can? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a good idea. Although they would be crushy. <laughs> They'd be a little more crushy. crushy. Although a beer bottle probably would have worked. Uh, I think about um, it. Yeah, it's funny because we, we stopped going to Gen Con a couple years ago, and I didn't really – like that hasn't – even even when – because we have friends that still go, and I see their pictures. I'm not like, oh, I really miss it. But, man, you guys – and I was going to say seeing your pictures, but you, you guys didn't do shit. It was Rafe that was <laughs> posting stuff. I'm not um, good like that. Yeah, but Rafe was sending stuff, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm I'm really missing Adepticon," and because it's a, I love the convention itself, but that one, I think even more so than Gen Con. Although at Gen Con we had a lot of hangout and play games time, but um, I I feel like we're more together as a group 
uh, at Adepticon. We, you know, because we do all pretty much all our meals together and and just just end up walking around the f- the floor a lot together and stuff. That one feels like more of a you know hanging out with you guys type of convention. So I well, I, it's I was it's smaller. Missing so that you kind of you're all right there. So yeah. I think that that um that has a little bit to do with it. So. Yeah, and I and you guys mentioned too. So there's there's a lot of my favorite people are there too. Like I like Pat from Mantic and and getting to see Terrace and Adam Pitzer and you know there's uh, hopefully Dan will come back next year. Yeah, I, I think Dan will come back next year too. Dog buddy Dan Roberts. He he wasn't able to go this year. So um uh yeah, I'm I'm hoping we have our our regular crew back all together for um for next year, which will actually be because Matt wasn't able to come the year before either. So it'll, it'll be the first time all five of the nerd herders are together, hopefully too. So, yeah. so ho- hopefully fingers crossed. But, um, all right guys. Uh, w- was there anything else or I'm sure there was, but it, that was March. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, right, let me ask one and, and we can be, brief with it but was there anything cool in the swag bag did you guys get the the swag bag oh Oh my god (laughs) oh shit sorry so that's all right dave already dropped an f-bomb earlier oh no 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 that i forgot to mention it so (laughs) just what i so i left stuff there because it was too much um and I had a huge, I had a huge suitcase too, but it was just still too much. Um, the big thing out of there is I got a song of fire and ice, like the whole oh, board okay. game. Yeah. Um, the, the minis game, you mean, or, yeah. or is it a board game? Yeah, so I know the minis Craig, game. Yeah, yeah, the Craig, minis yeah, game. Craig, Craig, Craig loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they play a ton of that. Yeah, so I got that for free. Uh, well, not free, That's but it's part of the. But that that was worth it right there. Um, and I also got, cause I had the VIG one. I also got, um, the mountain giant or yeah, the mountain giants or ice giants, I guess, uh, set that came with it as well. Um, there were two other board, there was, um, privateer presses, uh, new board game set in the iron kingdoms. Um, that, that stayed. Um, and then one of their level nine games as well. Um, but it, it, I tried to, I even looked on eBay. It would have, it, it wasn't even worth kind of going. The, those games are just, they're not making any money. I know it was a bust for them, I think, on those games, uh, which yeah. is why they were, why I could get it for free. It, it um, seems like there's always some of those. There was something, I can't even remember what it was, but there was something the last year that I went that was in the swag bag and, and I didn't even get a swag bag and a bunch of people were like, do you want this? <laughs> and yeah. I ended up with a couple of them. Yeah. So that's exactly I can't remember what, what it was. was like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's one of those things where, and then there was a lot of little stuff in there, tons of minis. I can't even remember. It's, um, Dave actually, Dave has a picture. Um, Oh yeah. That, yeah. You should, because Dave, Dave got other people's stuff basically is what ended up happening. Like there was enough people that were basically giving up stuff that, you know, Dave yeah. ended up with some of it. Well, cause uh, Pitcher got one too. And so Pitcher gave me a couple. It's yeah. actually funny. I have one right here. I have something from scale 75, which is this like really cool, um, you know, beefy alien guy carrying a big gun and um yeah no the, the swag if i could do the swag bag next year i will do it 
Oh, oh the the 40k postcards. So it's all the black library covers as postcards. Um, there was a coloring book and a kids adventure book, one set in the 40k universe and one set in uh, Age of Sigmar um, that I gave to. Or it's the same book. It's just basically you flip it over um but yeah so i gave that to owen a uh, ton of great little minis actually there's a really cool yeah it's an ultramarine um like named character but it's a cool model i can i can totally use him for something else um oh and then the other thing i forgot oh, to mention. oh go dave go ahead you're excited no, because that i, I don't know <laughs> if you know excitement. this yet no because that was so cool they uh, GW is now doing a con exclusive Space Marine. If you look it up, if you Google like GW's con exclusive, it's the only way you can get it is they put it in, in con swag bags. Because uh, I was like, wow, this guy's so cool. But yeah, it's that's the only way you can get it. Is and he Primaris? No. Uh, oh, interesting. I don't know. He's downstairs. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it was – I just thought that was so cool because I'm like, good for you, GW, for finding Yeah, yeah so that yeah, – um, the other thing I forgot to mention, what I do every year too, so I, I was trying to think of the other things that I bought. So I went to Arena Rex. Um, I always buy whatever their new model is. I just like their models. I only play that maybe once a year, but I just – that's always – I still – that is a very – when it comes to skirmish games, like – you're talking about three to four. You're talking about three models, maybe four. Um, super simple rules, and I love their models. Um, so there was, so I got their latest models for that, um, and then I didn't buy anything per se at Reaper Minis this year, but I did spend a lot of money because uh, <laughs> I used their gumball machine again, um, which is I have an absolute blast doing. I, I, I. Um, I like, that's one of the first things I do when I get there. Um, <laughs> and it's cool. Cause like any of the doubles I end up with, I just give to, I just give to Owen. Uh, so he loves it too. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I, I Reaper has such a great presence there. I always, I always end up buying a bunch of stuff and I'm so bad at, about it too. Like I, like the new bones came out and I was going through and organizing everything. And it's like, wait, why do I have this guy? Why did I buy this guy in metal when I've got him in bones? And it's because at Adepticon, I'm always like, this guy's awesome. And it's like, and it doesn't register in my head. Uh, you already have that. <laughs> right, right, right. So, well, awesome. Uh, thank you guys. Um, yeah. And like uh, I said, I know there's up. more stuff. I just can't, I can't remember. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. It was, it was a while ago, and yeah, I was bummed to miss it, but I'm I'm excited that I I feel like there's a really good chance that all of us will be able to go next year, and um, so so that'll be fun. So, and I'm I'm glad you guys were still able to go, and I'm glad Rafe went along too, because I I was surprised. I didn't know he was going, and he's you know that's typical Rafe, but um, um, you know we don't we don't see him a ton, so uh, I'm sure it was nice to to be able to have some hangout time with him and everything. Yeah, it was. I actually got to play 40k against him. He did bring his army, and so I got to play him. Did you play him too, Dave? Yeah. Yep. We played a game of 40k. Andy was insistent, like the day before. I'm like, am I bringing my 40k army because we're not going to play? He's like, we are 100% going to play. And um, and I, obviously, Andy and I didn't, but we uh, I did end up playing 
Rafe. So that was kind of cool because I, 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 I was packing it up and Shannon's like, why are you bringing that? I'm like, yeah, I know we're not going to play, but Andy said we will. So I'm just going to bring it. It's going to be fine. And we did. And so I was like, wow, I am shocked. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good deal. Yeah, All right. And it worked. <laughs> when you played the year before, didn't you? Didn't you play with Rich the year before? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. GameMat.eu creates mats to game on. Bring your games to life and conquer the mightiest cities or discover long lost realms. Each battle mat is made from the finest rubber based mouse pad material, so you can simply change your tabletop into a battlefield in no time. You can get your mat in a variety of sizes, plus you have your choice of resin terrain to add to your mat. Game on with GameMat.eu. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for wrapping up uh, Adepticon, and that's uh, that's pretty much going to wrap up the show, too, I think. Um, any, anything else you guys wanted to uh, to mention? Oh, that's babbled for two hours. That's for Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. I, I didn't know if I was like, if this ends up being a short one, no big deal. We haven't done a show in a while, so hopefully people will at least be happy to uh, to have some content from us. And sorry, Matt couldn't join us, but we'll hopefully get him back, and we'll hopefully record again before we have the summer uh, family summer retreat up in Maine coming in up in July. Hopefully we can get uh, – I'd like to do something in June and do – because that will be two years in the new 40K uh, 8th edition. It would be fun to talk about our thoughts on it. So hopefully we'll be able to do that soon, but, um, uh, I'm glad that you guys were able to, to jump on tonight and, and get this done. I, I am very, uh, apologetic to the listeners that we haven't been, um, uh, able to record in quite some time, but, um, uh, you know, hopefully as Matt always likes to say, it's a free podcast. So hopefully at least us getting something out is, uh, is nice and too many people haven't forgotten about us, but, um, thank you, Andy. Thank you, Dave. You're, You're welcome. welcome. Oh, thanks. Thanks to editor Justin for hanging out and uh, recording for us and putting the show together. And thanks again to Terrace at Geek Nation Tours. Please check out Geek Nation Tours and the Freebooters Network. And uh, other than that, this has been Nerd Herders episode 123, and we will come back hopefully very soon. Until then, let your geek flag fly. You've been listening to Nerd Herders, a part of the Freebooters Network. All song and movie clips are the property of their respective owners, and no challenge of ownership is implied. We use those clips because we're fans, so please don't sue us. Please check out our sponsor, Geek Nation Tours. You can find us on Twitter, at Nerd Herders Show, and on Facebook, under the Nerd Herders Podcast. You can also reach us by email at hosts at nerdherderspodcast.com. Special thank you to our editor and producer, Justin Steno-Alex. Yet again, the makers of Ender's Game the Movie, their feelings were hurt during the making of this episode.